In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. And you deserve to create a life, the best version of the life that you want to live for yourself. That's my message. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army. Hey guys, we salute you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your host for today's show. And today we are going to help you pull yourself out of a rut and regain your lost passion for life and your lost dreams. We know a lot of you guys out there uh, are in the stress bubble of life. You're in the arena. And a lot of times we can't see the forest for the trees. So today's episode is really going to help you guys to maybe make some bold steps in your life. So I'm uh, really excited about today. I'm really excited about today's guest. He's a thought leader in the area of helping men achieve their dreams. I think you're really going to like the simplicity of this episode as we really lead you through key, three real key questions that'll take you into your best version as a man. So before we do that, guys, I want to talk about our man laws. Our man laws are supplied by you. And this one was interesting. This one was actually not directly supplied by a guy, but it was indirectly supplied to me by a guy who approached me uh, one day. He was he was wearing a, a very small briefcase with a strap, very, very small. And he approached me, and I didn't really notice it. I don't think much about that stuff. I could care less because if a guy's got a gun in there, I, I don't want to say anything too derogatory. Anyway, he uh, approached me and said, hey, I just broke a man law. I'm wearing a Merce. And I thought to myself, you know what? The man law that you broke really isn't that you're wearing a Merce, although, okay, yeah, maybe. The man law is that if you're breaking a man law, you don't tell another dude you're breaking a man law. You just rock it. I mean, man, you rock it. So uh, anyway, so I, I didn't even notice until he came up and said he had broken a man law. So uh, yeah, so just just uh, there's a word for warning there, guys, that if you've broken a man law and you know it, don't tell any that. Don't tell your bros that, man, because they've probably already noticed. Anyway, hey, I uh, want to talk about a hero story today. Again, guys, the heroes are our hero stories are supplied by you. You are the heroes in your stories. We're the guide leading you closer to Jesus and closely closer to your best version. Today's uh, hero story came from comes from today's hero story comes from Dave M. 
And he wrote this, and, and we've been hounding you guys about this, and this is another confirmation that you need to do this, guys. He said, thank you for the men arena for helping. <sighs> i got to do that again. He said, thank you for all that Men Arena does in helping men. I've been listening to podcasts for a couple years now and it has truly challenged me to become a better disciple, husband, and father. I'm currently in one of the virtual teams that Men in the Arena offers, and I've been encouraged by the connection with the others that is in it and the connection that they've given me. Finding a diverse group of men is not easy in the area I'm in, so being able to connect with men from across the country is something I'm really thankful for. So, Dave, thanks so much for that. Hey, Dave... Uh, make sure you hit us up uh, at info at menontheinternet.org. Give us your physical address. We will send you some swag. So, guys, again, keep those man laws. Keep those hero stories coming. We appreciate those things. Super excited to be a part uh, of your journey with you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Men Arena podcast. And, guys, I want to just say thank you for making this podcast Spotify's number one Christian podcast for men in the world. Today, guys, I'm really excited to bring on my new friend, Nikki Ballou. Nikki's the founder of the Sovereign Man Movement and podcast. He's also the curator of the Thought Leader Revolution podcast. This guy's a podcast guy. He's the author of seven books, including the number one best-selling book, Finish Line Thinking, How to Think and Win Like a Champion, and The Thought Leader's Journey, which is our subject for today. Nikki, it's great to have you on the show, man. Man, it's an honor to be here, Jim. Thank you for having me. And as I said, I was really blown away that uh, your man Dale said a prayer over the episode. That really touched me. So God bless you. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Hey, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself, what makes you tick, a little bit about your story. Sure. So um, I'm originally from Tehran, Iran. I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, a Syrian. And in 1978-79, the Islamic Revolution happened in Iran. And Iran is a overwhelmingly majority Muslim country. Over 98% of the population is Muslim. And when a theocratic government took wow. over, my father, who was a far-sighted man, decided it would be a good idea to take his Christian family out of the country, which he did. We ended up living in Canada. And thank God for that. You know, I'm very grateful to have been born an Iranian, but definitely very grateful to be living in freedom. And my father is the greatest man I've ever known. My father was an entrepreneur and he used to come and say to me, do you know, son, we fed 51 families this week, ours and his 50 employees. He's a very proud man. And he's a man who pulled himself up by the bootstraps. And I worship my dad. He was my hero, you know, and I grew to believe that entrepreneurship was the most noble of all endeavors and that entrepreneurs were society's greatest heroes. And what I'm all about, really, is I'm about people. I'm about making a difference for people. God put us here on this earth to make a difference for our fellow man. And you can only make a difference for your fellow man if you care about your fellow man. If you understand that life is a people business, life is a people yeah. game, and business is a people game. And we need people. Being connected to people gives me energy. Being connected to people gives you energy. And, and that's what it's all about. So I do everything I do, whether in business uh, whether in the work I do with men to make a difference for my fellow man. And I'm all about making sure that everyone that comes uh, into contact with me uh, is positively impacted. And if I ended up working with them, my vision is I want to, I want to help people. I want to take them to another place. You know, I'll tell you a little story. Um, I run a program for thought leadership and entrepreneurs and I had a lady join our program, and she joined us after having been one of the top uh, 
thought leaders in uh, her space in, in the world. She ran a personal development organization, one of the biggest in the world, and she was in charge of the Canadian arm. And, you know, she brought on a new partner and she was forced out. So for over a year, she was floundering, not knowing what she should do. She came, started working with us inside of our thought leader community. And in the first month, uh, we helped her get to 10K a month. In the second month, to 12K a month. In the third month, to 18K. In the fourth month, she hit $62,200 in a single month. And she came to us, Jim, and, uh, you know, she said that was awesome. And she lived in the city of Ottawa, which is the capital city of of Canada. And I live in Toronto. My son had a soccer tournament in Ottawa. And I drove him over there. And I called her up and I said, hey, uh, so-and-so, listen, it's Nikki. And um, I'm here in Ottawa with my son. I know you have a son his age. Do you want to get together for lunch on our way out of the city? And she said, sure. And so we did. And got drove back home and that was all great. And then at our next event, we have an opportunity for people to share their wins and, and to tell people what they're getting out of being a part of the community. And she got up and she started to cry. And I'm like, why is she crying? Did I do something wrong? And, uh, you know, she's going, Nikki, you didn't know this in between sobs. But when you came to have lunch with me and my son, with your son, my son asked me, mommy, who are we, who are we meeting? And I said, we're meeting Nikki Ballou and his son. And she said, oh, mommy, are we going to get to meet the man who saved our family? And I just lost it, Jim. I lost it because she told me on stage, I didn't know this, that she hadn't made an income in 18 months. The bank was about to foreclose on their home. They were about to lose everything they own. And we literally saved their family. And, you know, it humbled me because I didn't do that. God did that. You know, I was just the instrument through which yeah. he... He decided to give this woman a good message. And the other thing is, that's what I'm all about. I want to find more people like this woman to help. I want more families that need help and need a good, honest Christian man to, to come there and stand for them and, and, and make sure that they, you know, they get past um, this horrible place they're in. Uh, and that's what gets me up every day, man. That's what makes me excited. And that's a great story, man. Hey, so tell us about the thought leader's journey. That book seemed to be a book, you know, it was an allegory and it was about you. So why did you write it? What was, uh, what was your reason uh, for, for writing a book that kind of told your story in allegory form? Well, it, it's, 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 it's actually not about me per se. It's actually about a, a, uh, a composite of a number of my clients. There's very little of my own story in there. Um, I'm, ah. I'm one of the, uh, I'm one of the guides in, in the book, but I wrote the book because I love the work of Ogmandino. Are you familiar with Ogmandino and his books? Oh, love him. I've got a whole library of his stuff. Yeah, he's great. The, the greatest salesman in the world is one of my favorite all-time books. It's Yeah, it's one of my favorite all-time books too. And he also wrote a great, great book called The Christ Commission, which if you haven't read, you ought to pick up a copy of and read. And I wanted to write a book like that. Oh, okay, to, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to write a book like that. I wanted it to be something that really helped people, helped people come to a space of learning through story because human beings learn through story. Story is a very powerful way to learn. Yep. So this book was written to impart some powerful lessons for how someone can 
go out into the world and their gift can shine. Their gift can be known as a result of who they are. So I thought, you know, the story yeah. was a great one because they, the main character, Paolo, is somebody who a lot of people can relate to, right? They're working for the man. They're working for a big company in corporate America, corporate Canada, and they don't want to anymore. They want to go out there and they want to start their own thing. But they're scared. They're nervous. They don't believe. And this book was written to help somebody who's in that space say, hey, it's okay. Believe in yourself. God has put you here on this earth to do some great things. And these are some really great tips, tools, and strategies that you can bring forth into your life right now to help you get your side hustle going to the point where you can quit your job and do your business full time. Well, you know, it's interesting because this book resonates with me because I think, because I went through this journey in 2011, 12, and there are a lot of men listening to this podcast right now who are, they can't see the forest for the trees. They're working a job they hate. They feel stuck in it. You know, in this podcast for those guys that as the old adage goes, the only difference between a rut and the grave is the size of the hole and how long you're in it. And so I pulled some quotes out of your book and I want to walk you through those quotes. And here's one of them that really interested me and I thought was really, really good. You said this, the truth is, and this, you're quoting the main character in the book. The truth is I hate my job. When I was growing up, my dream was to be a successful entrepreneur, to gain a lot of knowledge and wisdom along the way, and to help people by mentoring and coaching them, and to write books and deliver talks and touch, move, and inspire others to be the best versions of themselves. What would you say to a guy who had that dream and it's it's become this very tiny little light and they can barely see it because they're stuck in a job that uh, is hindering them, even though they're making a lot of money? So the number one thing I'm going to say to them is pray, pray, because God has a plan for you. And you, if you get stuck in your own head, the chattering monkeys in your head are going to take you out, mm -hmm. right? And we don't want you to let yep. that happen to you. So number one, pray. Secondly, you know, you got to believe, you got to believe. Tug McGraw, who's the father of the great singer, Tim McGraw, used to be a baseball player. And in, in, um, in 1981, he was playing for the Phillies. And no one thought the Phillies were going to win the World Series because they were massive underdogs. And Tug went out there and he said, you got to believe, you got to believe, and you got to believe. You got to believe it's possible. You got to believe it can happen for you. You know, and then you got to follow some mentors. Folks like yourself, Jim, folks like me. You know, if someone's listening to this and you don't have a good mentor, then that's why it's not working for you. You need to be taking some direction, taking some advice from somebody who can help you get past the negativity that's permeated through your soul. And lastly, be around the right people. We're human beings. We need people. We all need people. The last two years have been terrible yes. because we've been isolated from people. So when we're around people, Jim, you know, it's beautiful because people bring out the best in us. People have us stand up and feel like we're important, like we matter. But when we're alone, you know, our own monkey monkey brain is infected with a lot of crap. Yep. And, and that crap is going to just bring you down, make you believe you can't do it, and, and have you go into a space of, oh, what's the use, rather than, than a space of, wow, look at what's possible. No, that's really good, man. Well, you know, so I think the key here with these guys that are stuck in a rut, you were there, I've been there, I think a lot of guys are there, 
you said something in your book that was very powerful, and here's what it is. You said, quote, but the bottom line is that I'm following someone else's path and not my own, and something deep inside my soul is raging against it. I'm drowning that guy out with these voices that keep telling me I've got a great job, I've got it good, and following a dream is risky, it won't work out, and I'll be out on the street with no money and no savings. In other words, I'll be screwed. <laughs> I love that. End of quote. So how does you how, how does a man discover his unique path? You know, how does a guy who's in a rut who comes to you and says, Man, I'm stuck in a rut, I need to find my path, what, what would you tell him? Well, I tell him to read the book and I tell him to go through some of the exercises in the book, honestly. And I tell him he should go follow mentors who've been there, done that. Like we've got a program we do for folks that's all about helping you discover what your great inner genius is. And there's a whole series of exercises we do in a workshop like study to get people to do it. And that could be a good thing for them to do. But if they don't want to do that, you know, they could go find some other program. They could go find some other person's work. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Follow a path that someone else has already trodden down upon because that's the best way. You try to reinvent the wheel, it's not going to work too good for you. But if you go and you find other people who found a way through the exact same problem that you're looking to find a way through, that's the best way. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Early on in the book, you your character asks, I think you're I think Nikki, the character Nikki, asks a question uh, of the uh, what was the other guy's name? I can't remember right now. Paolo. Paolo. Oh, that's right, Paolo. That yeah, that, that actually reminded me of uh, Paul Coelho's book, The uh, Alchemist. You might want to read that too. That's a great book. It's kind of similar. Yeah, I, I, but I read, in that, I read in that, that. you yeah. ask a question. Isn't that a great book? It, it saved, yeah. It's awesome. Anyway, but it's awesome. so what, you ask a question, and I I want to unpack this question. So if I was in a room struggling because I'm in a rut and and you're going to ask me this question this is a I think this is a catalyst question for men and here's the question this is in your book are you willing to start dreaming again can you unpack yeah. that look you know the last 2 years have been very instructive for a lot of us and one of the things that's been instructive about it is that a lot of people have been forced to get out of their regular routine, right? They're not, they haven't been around people. They've been isolated. They've had to stay home and endure shelter in place orders and wearing masks and all that kind of stuff. There's a couple of things that could have you do. The first thing it could have you do is go into a bit of a depression because you're not around people. And for, for many of us, maybe most of us, that actually happened. But for the rest of us, right, what that could represent is an opportunity to sit down and think, to sit down and dream. And if you sit down and you do that, if you give yourself permission to take those dreams that you've always had, those things that have always been there for you as a siren call for the kind of man you want to be, for the kind of life you want to lead, then you've got an opportunity to actually say, I'm going to work toward that. So you got to dream with your eyes wide open and you got to be willing to work. So if you're in business, as an example, and you want to make a difference for people, listen, doing things like what you and I do with podcasts, it's amazing. It's great to have a man come and 
you know, uh, share his wisdom through a podcast. And you're going to touch a number of people's lives. But at the end of the day, if you're attempting to grow a business and you want people to purchase your products, your services, you're going to have to interact with them. You're going to have to ask them for the sale. And a lot of people don't want to do that, Jim. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people absolutely don't want to ask for the sale. And if you have a big dream, you got to be willing to ask people to participate in that dream by asking for the sale. So for example, if someone came to me and said, okay, I'm stuck in a rut, I need help. Or even if someone is not stuck in a rut, but they're at a good place in their business, but it's not good enough. They, they want, they're, they're making maybe a quarter million a year. They want to make a half a million a year or they're making a half a million a year. They want to make a million a year. Okay. What they've got to be willing to say to themselves is, first of all, I got a, a bigger dream than I have now. And secondly, I need help. I don't know how to get from zero to a hundred thousand or a quarter million to half a million or a half a million to a million. Can you show me the way? And if they're willing to humble themselves enough to take mentorship, to take direction from a guide, then they're going to succeed. But it's not going to happen if they try to figure it out on their own. And I'll tell you something. If you sit down right now, Jim, and you told me, okay, Nikki, you know what? I want to, I want to have the biggest podcast on the planet. I want to be the number one podcast. I want to dethrone Joe Rogan. That's my goal. That's my vision. Okay. That's a wonderful vision. But I got news for you. Unless you go and you talk to somebody, who has some experience with that, has helped other people do that, has done it themselves, figuring it on your own, your chances of doing that are maybe one in a thousand, right? Versus if you speak to a good mentor who's been there, yep. done that, and helped other people do it, your chances go from one in a thousand to one in two. And that's way more powerful. Well, yeah, it's like the old Spartan quote that you mentioned in your book, he who sweats in practice bleeds less in battle or something like that. That's right. That's right. That was good. That's right. That's right. Well, and I think what you're talking about here, I think, you know, when we launched this ministry with 15 guys in 2012, I had a lot of questions and no answers. So I had to go to people who had the answers. There is a, there is a, a massive amount of humility involved in growing a, a great ministry or a great business. And, you know, I think a lot of times people try to bootstrap it without any help. And in your book, at the very end, you said the most important step is this, don't do it alone. alone. Now, in your book, you talk about doing the wrong things in the wrong way. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. I mean, doing it alone is doing the wrong things in the wrong way. First of all, you should do it with a community. You should do it with mentors. Secondly, as an example, if someone's getting started in business, right, and they've never done anything, they go, you know what, I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to launch my business career, even though I've got no experience by writing a book and starting a podcast. Well, that's not smart. You haven't really figured out what you're all about yet. The marketplace hasn't validated you and validated what you have to offer. So if you launch a podcast without a real message and you write a book without a real message, it's going to result in nothing. It's going to result in nothing. People are going to go, I don't know. This dude's got a podcast. This dude's got a book. I don't know what it's about. You know, he seems excited, but I don't know what's in it for me. Because at the end of the day, everybody tunes into Station WIIFM. What's in it for me? Yeah, they want to be helpful to you, but they also want to know how what you have to offer is going to be valuable to them. And until you've had the time to go and figure out what your differentiator is, what's going to make you valuable to other people, no one's going to 
want to work with you. No one's going to want to listen to your podcast. So yep. you got to figure yep. out well, what yeah. what is the right time to do what you're thinking of doing. And you got to make sure that you don't do something that may make sense a year from now too soon. You know, it's interesting. You know, for that guy stuck in a rut, sometimes it's not even about the dream, right? Sometimes it's not even about asking for help. Sometimes the biggest problem with these guys is they're, for lack of a better term, gutless cowards. Uh, fear is, it's one thing that men refuse to talk about. You know, General Patton, and you said in your book, said this, take not counsel of your fears. In other words, our fears can hinder us. But in your book, you said this, and I thought this was powerful, Nikki. You said, quote, but deep inside, you're scared. You're doubting yourself. You see other people doing it, but you're plagued by useless questions. What if? What if? What if? It's impossible. You continue on. So how does a man step beyond his fears and into his dreams? That's a massive wall he has to carry. What do you recommend? Okay. So there's a mentor of mine. He's near the twilight of his life. His name is Justin Sterling. And he, he has this brilliant quote. He says, Jim, doubt kills the warrior. Doubt kills the warrior. Ooh. And I added a corollary to his quote. That is and my good. corollary. Yeah, it is good. My corollary to his quote is, or the warrior kills the doubt. So doubt kills the warrior or the warrior kills the doubt. So what I'd say to a man who's being plagued by doubt and inaction is kill the doubt. Step forward. Grab your sword with both hands and look down in the eye and scream and garage and chop it down and move forward. I love it. I've got a friend of mine who's an entrepreneur and he says, sometimes wrong, never in doubt. And that, that fear and that doubt, will hit you. sometimes you've just got to take a step forward. Sometimes you've got to swing the freaking sword. And you may not hit anything, but at least you're swinging. You know what I mean? <laughs> 100%, brother. 100%. Oh, that's great. So, okay. So you have a quote in your book. It, it felt a little personal to me. It felt guttural to me. It felt like uh, sometimes you read books, and I read about 50 to 60 books a year. And you read these quotes from an author, and you go, that must be a life quote for this guy or a mantra. So I'm going to read this quote to you, and I want you to tell me what it means to you on a personal level. Here it is. Quote, God doesn't make junk. He didn't start with you. He did not put you on this earth to squander your potential. Am I wrong in thinking that's guttural for you? A hundred percent. That is guttural. That is primal. I wholeheartedly agree. You know, <laughs> God doesn't make junk. God makes perfect perfect beings in his own image. And who are you to tell God he's wrong? Really? So, so what are some of the negative messages that guys tell themselves that in essence are saying, I'm junk? What are some things you've heard? Um, this is one of my own. I'm lazy. I'm lazy. I don't want to do it. Another one is, I don't know how. I don't know how. Um, I'm not that, and this is not something they'll say out loud to other people, but in their own head, they go, oh, I'm not that smart. I can't figure it out. I haven't got what it takes. I'm not good enough. If they only knew I'm an imposter, yep. right? 
all that stuff. I mean, I've, I've been that, that man. I've been that man that said that myself so many times. I'm sometimes still that man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know what has me not oh, be yeah. that man? What has me not be that man is when I have a great conversation with a man like you. What has me not be that man is mm. when I'm in prayer with fellow believers. What has me not be that man is when I take yeah. the attention off me and I put the attention on someone I'm looking to make a difference. Yeah, that's really good, man. I, I'll tell you, for me, I for years thought I'm not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. And I realized, you know what? Wherever God puts me is exactly where I'm supposed to be, and I, I should be there. And I think that's really important for... Guys, listen, if you're listening to this podcast right now, if God has put a dream on your heart, you are supposed to be there. It doesn't matter if you're smart enough, tall enough, handsome enough, strong enough, educated enough. If God is telling you to do it, just say yes. You're supposed to be there. So, hey, say, so Nikki, let's get practical uh, with this book. Because in the book, you ask three questions. And guys, I'm going to put this these three questions, I'm going to put them in a blog uh, that's going to come out the same week that we uh, upload this podcast. Because I think these are so powerful for you as men if you're trying to figure out what what dream that you're going to pursue. So these three questions are, are so simple, Nikki, but they're so profound. They're, they're, they're weapons in the hands of a dreamer. And so I'm going to ask you about these next three questions. And just I want you to walk these guys through some practical ways they can re- rediscover their dreams. Okay, Are you willing to do that? Yes. <laughs> I love it. So so before we tackle the, the first question, you said this, quote, this is the story of my life, and I am the hero in it. And we have, on this podcast before you came on, we recorded a hero story. And every week, we record at least one hero story of guys writing into us, telling us how their lives are changed because of our ministry, right? So we tell the guys, hey, you're the heroes, we're the guides, because I'd rather be Gandalf than Frodo, quite frankly. Anyway, so let me continue this quote. You say, this is the story of my life, and I am the hero in it. There can be no other. And like every good story, I, the hero, am facing an existential crisis. I don't quite know what to do about it. I need a guide to show me the way, just like every hero in every story throughout history has needed a guide to show him or her their way. Uh, this is a, a great, this reminds me of Donald Miller's book, Story Branding. Yep. I love this very much. I love it. So the first question along that same lines, as I'm I'm on a journey, I'm the hero in this story, you ask a very pointed question. And guys listening, I want you to listen to this. Pull over in your cars, you know, you know write this in your phone, listen to this. Okay, so the first question is, and I want you to unpack what this actually means. Here it is. What? is my message great question what is your message you got to ask yourself that you know so um my message is i believe we live in a time where some of the cherished traditions of our way of life are under assault freedom is under assault free expression is under assault and free enterprise is under assault the left today in the world is absolutely keen, keen on destroying the things that have made America and the West great, which are love and respect for everybody. Everybody's equal before the law and equal before God. And my job is in my circle to make sure that 
I stand up for freedom. So my message is, we still live in a free country. You deserve the blessings of liberty and you deserve to create a life, the best version of the life that you want to live for yourself. That's my message. And I say to people, if you're in business and you're not making the kind of money you should be making, that you want to be making, then I'm here to show you how you can add six figures, quarter million dollars, a million dollars, $10 million or more to your business so that you never, ever have to be stressed out about money again and you can make the difference you were meant to make on this earth. And if you want to simplify all that, Jim, simplified, it's this simple. I'm here to make entrepreneurs, good men and women. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's outstanding for us at the men arena. We are all about helping men to become their best version in a very confused world because we believe when a man gets everyone wins. So that's our message, right? So you have to take that message, which kind of is an overarching theme. And you have to break it into this next question because I think the mistake a lot of guys make when they're pursuing their dreams, Nikki, is I think they they get too general and too broad and try to do too much. But you tell us in your book that you have to find a way to stand out from the crowd. What did you call it? The sea of sameness? Okay. Is this the sea of sameness? Yeah. If you don't have a message, it has you stand out, you're stuck in the sea of sameness. You're okay. not in the oasis of differentiation. Okay. You've got to have a, a, a message that scratches an itch. Now, so Jim... You've got a message that scratches an itch. There's an itch out there among men. They don't know what the heck's going on. They're confused. They're lost. And what you're saying is, hey, I'm going to have you live life as the best version of yourself as a man. That's going to appeal to men. Now, for me, if I'm talking to an entrepreneur and the itch is that they're not making the kind of money they want to be making, they're stressed out about it, the itch I'm going to scratch is, don't worry about it. Your money issues are done. They're handled. So that's that's the second question, guys. So what is your message, right? The second question is, what itch does it scratch? So what unique niche will you scratch? What niche will you have in the marketplace? What what will you do that will set your dream apart from all other dreams? Do you anything else you want to add with that, Nikki? Jim, I think you said it brilliantly, my man. You know, you you you've gotta be saying to people that, hey, um, I've got a message. And this is the itch I scratch. Do you have this itch? Period. You called it intellectual property, right? I need to start producing. I take the sword and start swinging. So I'm producing this intellectual property. Where am I putting that? How are guys getting it? So you, you, first of all, you've got to create it, right? Yes. So there's a process we <laughs> teach people about how to create your IP in a structured way. So you've got to actually have it. And, you know, this is... I'll show you this real quick on video. This is a this is a, a thing I learned from a mentor of mine by the name of uh, Matt Church. And so what we have here is we've got a folder full of intellectual property. So these are different. These are pink colored sheets, which are all around the subject of winning and high performance. And I've got about 57 of them here. And I've got 56 different ideas about winning, about high performance. So this is my IP around the subject of taking your performance from here to here, right? So you got to figure out what is it for you. And that's one of the things we teach people in the programs. We show people how to figure out what are the areas they want to develop their IP in. 
We show them how to develop their IP. And over a, a three-year period, anybody, anybody, starting wherever, they can be starting at zero, they can be starting at 100K, they can be starting at a quarter million. Anybody can get themselves up to a brilliant, beautiful business that makes them between a half a million and $2 million a year if they use the methods that we talk about in the book. So what we're say, what I was saying before, I'll say it again. If people decide that they want to go down the road of creating their IP, we teach people how over a three-year period, anybody can create the right IP to create the type of business that will allow them, no matter where they start from, to go to a half a million to $2 million a year. Uh, so let me let me move into this last question here that you asked. So the first question, guys, you need to answer is what is your message? Second question, who uh, or what is what itch does that message scratch? And then finally, you wrote in your book, quote, here's another mistake you have to avoid like the plague. And guys, this is really important. The temptation you continue to try to be known for being able to solve just about any problem. I'm telling you to market the problem that you solve better than anyone because that will make you stand out from the crowd. So talk to us about this third question. And the third question is, who has the itch and cares about having it scratched? Exactly. Listen, there's a lot of people out there who get into business and they go, hey, you know what? I can do anything. So for example, there are life coaches, right? God, I hate that term, life coach. You have a relationship problem? I can fix it. You're overweight? I can help you lose weight. You need to make more money? I can help you make more money. Yeah, that just doesn't work. You're, you're, you're trying to be all things to all people. You're not going to stand out. you got to stand out. If you decide that, hey, I'm going to stand out instead of doing all those things. For example, I'm going to help men who are going through a divorce. I'm going to help them get through that divorce and not lose everything they own. As an example, you become known for that. That's yeah. way better than I'm a life coach. I can help you with any problem you have. Yeah, that's that's a key. That's a critical point. And what we do with our ministry is we help men in the stress bubble of life. So our focus is men raising families and helping them to be their best version in the middle of all of that because that's what they'll be remembered for, right? And so exactly. that is the that is the target audience. That's the, our who in our why. And so now one of the things I want to talk about that wasn't necessarily uh, in your book, but I, I think it's really important. Uh, it, it was in your book indirectly because your character in the book had a job. His boss recommended him to go see Nikki and his wife. And through that process, he began to build a clientele. And it wasn't until a little bit later in the process that he transitioned completely out of this job to his new career as an entrepreneur. And so I want to talk uh, some practical stuff right now. We'll get real pragmatic with the guys. So I'm a guy listening to this show. I'm like, I'm in a rut, man, but I have got a dream and I need to pursue the dream. And we, because of what we're doing right now, Nikki, we've inspired men to step into this dream that they had forgotten or had, had diminished to almost a, 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 a vague memory, right? So the guy wants to transition. So a couple books I want to bring out, guys. John Ortberg wrote a book called If You Want to Walk on Water, You Got to Get Out of the, on the Waves. Another guy named Dave Ramsey wrote a book called Entre Leadership. Both of these guys talk about this transition, how to transition from your career to your new G dream as an entrepreneur, uh, creating uh, your own business or your own new dream. So, so Nikki, how do you help guys 
what would you say to a guy who 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 says yes? I'm going to overcome my fears. I'm going to overcome my doubt. I'm going to launch this new venture. I'm going to follow the three questions. You know, what is my message? What itch does it scratch? And who has a who cares about having this itch scratched? How does a man make that transition? Does he just cut quit his job cold turkey and move into this new thing, or what does he do next? Look, if you're a man and you have a family, my advice is build it as a side hustle first. Okay. That's, that's what I would suggest you do. Now, if you're a single man and you don't have a family, you may want to take a risk because, you know, you're young and if it doesn't work out, you can, you can try something else. But if you've got responsibilities, I'd build it as a side hustle. I, I've helped plenty of people replace, you know, that eighty hundred thousand dollars they're making in their job with their side hustle. It may take them a little bit longer, but that's okay. It's better that you do it right. You don't put your family at risk. That's my advice. Yeah, I agree 100%, man, because that's I think that probably is the fear that holds most men back. They have this dream, but they realize, man, I've got uh, my wife, my children are dependent on me. Even if the wife works, she's still depending on his portion of the income, and so he needs to move into that realm wisely. Do you agree? 100%, brother, 100%. So how does he, how does he do that? What, what, what is the next step? Look, um, I think they should buy my book. They should read it. And I think they should start putting uh, everything that's said in there. Um, I've got a podcast called The Thought Leader Revolution. We talk about these subjects. We've got top um, thought leaders that are on that show uh, that are experts in how to develop a thought leader brand and how to put it out there. And I also have this thing I do once a week called The Thought Leader Nugget where I give you a nugget of information about how to do that. All that's free. You can take advantage of that. Now, if you want to go beyond that, if you actually are already in the process and you're like, I'm ready to take this to the next level right away, the other thing they can do is they can jump on a call with me. I've got a the, uh, link. It's on my website, eastcircleacademy.com. It's on the top right-hand corner. It says, book a call, book a call. Let me know you came from the Man in the Arena um, podcast, and I'll make sure that uh, you know, you bypass all, all the usual kind of application gatekeeping type stuff that we have in there. And I'll just do the call with you and we'll step into what you're trying to accomplish for yourself and for your family. And I'll lay out a blueprint for you. And it's a free call. There's no charge for any of this. This is all complimentary. Uh, and if you need more help than that, and you, you want to look at some of the things that we do that, that we charge for, we can have that discussion too. But I'm just giving you all the stuff we offer for free right now. Well, that brings up another point. You talk about this because I want to be careful with these guys because our audience are guys 30, 30 years old to 55 years old, you know, Christian guys. You know, there's a, you know, I appreciate the entrepreneur spirit. That's what led us into this ministry. But you talk about something and you talk about it pretty aggressively in the book called the generosity muscle. Can you unpack that and why that's so important as a guy launches into this new dream? So look, there's a, there's a man named John Rule. He's a, he's a Christian man. He wrote a book called Giftology. And in that book, he talks about, um, how as human beings, we just shine when someone thinks enough of us to give us a gift, to give us a well thought out gift. And I think that's super, super important. If you want to create a connection with your fellow man, you know, think about what you can give them. And the impulse to want to give is a godly one. I mean, uh, you know, in the Bible, it says uh, that to, to the person that gives, much is given, right? So 
if you're someone who wants to be successful, you want much to be given to you, well, you need to be a giver. Givers gain, to quote Ivan Meisner. Yeah, that's a, it's a powerful, powerful thought. You know, you wrote, society has conditioned us not to give too much as if it would hurt us. Yeah. And I agree with you. I actually read that same book, Giveology, and I, I thought it was, I'm reading the book going, this guy's got to be a Christian. He doesn't say it in the book, but yeah. I'm going, this guy's got to be a Christian because only a Christian would think like this, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's just so powerful, guys, that, that, that we need to realize that at the end of the day, we are helping somebody scratch a niche. We're helping another person become a better version, better entrepreneur, better father, better husband, better whatever than they were before they met us. And and it's all about giving, guys. It's all that's a biblical principle that's so important uh, for us as men to understand. So, man, Nikki, I really appreciate all your wisdom today. Is there anything else you want to add in conclusion? You've given us your contact information so our guys have access to your books and your resources. Anything else we might have forgot to mention in this podcast? I don't think we forgot to mention uh, a darn thing, uh, Jim. I really appreciate your time. Uh, My question for you and for Dale is, how can I help you, man? I appreciate that, man. Hey, uh, guys, let's get our boots on the ground, man. Thanks so much, Nikki, for taking the time to share your wisdom. And and it was really, uh, your book is a a short read. It's an easy read. It's an engaging read. So guys want to really encourage you to pick up that that resource that'll really help you on your journey to your best version. So let's get our boots on the ground, guys. What is the next step for you guys in a rut? For you guys who are feel like you're stuck, what's the next step? And here it is. Here's your boots on the ground moment today. I want you to send out a probe. This is what the Quakers used to do. Start with something small and begin to experiment with it. Create some intellectual property. Uh, get a group of people around you and test out this stuff that you're producing and see if it's really something that has value and it's scratching a niche. The only way you're ever going to know how to accomplish this dream guys is to start swinging the sword. So get out there, ask, answer those three questions that we talked about earlier. What is my message? What itch does it scratch? And who is the one who needs that itch scratched? If you answer those three questions and get going, send this probe out and see what happens next. Guys, make sure you head on over to menandarena.org, grab a free copy of my book, Tell Them What Great Fathers Tell Their Sons and Daughters. And while you're there, make sure you click the Join Our Program button and get involved in one of our many virtual teams that happen all around the world. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out and be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from 
from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.